Hey, how's it going, everyone? I hope this message is reaching you all in great health. I hope you're already off to an amazing week. All right, so last week I said that we'd be talking about what I consider the keys to success when it comes to providing a service-based business. But not only from the context of business, from the overall context of what's been beneficial to me overall. All right, and so last week we talked about the importance of relationships. This week I want to focus on the importance of constant improvement. All right, so I hope you all enjoy the show. You're listening to Building Three Pillars, the podcast for the aspiring entrepreneur. Let's go. All right, here we go again. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into our show today. All right, I hope everyone had an amazing weekend. I hope you're all to an amazing start to your week. All right, and as I mentioned earlier, today's show is going to be about constant improvement. And just like we did last week, I want to go ahead and start off with a quote. Today's quote comes from Henry Ford. He says, anyone who stops learning is old, whether at 20 or 80. Anyone who keeps learning stays young. The greatest thing in life is to keep your mind young. So when I read that quote, I just knew that would be very fitting for today's show. Um, There's so many things that are layered in there, you know, and they're all reoccurring topics. Some of them are cliche because they've been said and said again. But, you know, uh, there's one out there that says, you know, if you're if you're determined to learn, no one can stop you. You know, and there's several variations of that. But that's because they're so true. It's often sad to me, you know, especially being the person that I am, right? So I'm the type of person that when I meet people, especially once I get them talking about, you know, their dreams and aspirations in my mind, I probably get more excited than they are for the thing I believe they're going to bring to fruition, right? I'm, I am the biggest for lack of better terms, cheerleader that a person can have on their side. I mean, once you tell me an idea that you have, my mind is already done and I can see it with you. Sometimes I think I see it before that person and I'm just excited for what it is you're about to do. But more often than not, most people just have great ideas. They don't really have any great energy to match it. They don't really have um, the desire to go through the hard work of making those things happen, especially if it requires some analysis of their current, you know, day-to-day activities and habits and realizing that some of those things won't cut it when it comes to going where they want to go. And sometimes that's a hard thing to deal with. Uh, So again, shifting the conversation to things that I've had to, you know, check myself on. And (laughs) it's funny to talk about it now, but I remember at the beginning of this whole thing, Uh, with three pillars. I remember talking to a friend of mine and I was working at, uh, what was that place? Not Amazon, DHL at the time. And I remember me and my friend were talking and he was like, yo, you know what you should do? You should work with kids. And at the time I was just all against it. Like there was no way you could have convinced me that that was a good move. Um, I just didn't feel like I had anything to offer. And in my mind, I felt like it would end up being a knockoff version of the worst babysitting TV show you've ever seen. That's what I thought would happen. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to deal with that. And plus, 
I've seen how parents can get when it comes to their kids. I, I don't want to have to. <laughs> I didn't think that was a world I wanted to be a part of. Right. And not only that, I just didn't know what kind of value I could bring to that situation. I wasn't aware of any way that I would fit in to, you know, be useful to someone. Um, But thank God. Thank God that things change. Thank God that, you know, I was put in a position to meet certain people to help make that idea more plausible. But again, that came down to me wanting or having to decide what areas of my life were worth investing in. And it came down to overall um, asking myself, are you ready to improve? Are you ready to become more? Are you ready to do more? And I guess the answer ended up being yes, right? Because we're here now. But I remember originally the answer was no. Uh, There's a lot of instances in my life where you can look and find proof that at my core, sometimes I am very much a person that rolls with the philosophy of if it's not broke, don't fix it. And thank goodness I've come to the realization that things don't have to be broke for you to upgrade, right? And if you can press the button on your phone and let it do its thing, why not press the button on your mind and allow it to do its, you know? So just being able to um, realize that we can only get better when we start doing better, when we learn more, when we are able to do more, when what we have, you know, to give increases in value. And that can't happen if you're already committed to doing one course of action, regardless of what the evidence points to outside of that. All right. So again, I want to just stick to my notes today. All right. So today's show is not going to be anything super crazy. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. This is like the third take of this same show, right? (laughs) None of it really came across the way I wanted it to, but I have a really good feeling about this one. So bear with me. All right. So I just want to go over three things that have really uh, been monumental in terms of committing myself to the idea that improvement and not only improving once but always looking for ways to make what it is I offer better um how major that's been how big that's been all right so one of the things that's helped me get on that track is always asking what can be better all right so it's a little embarrassing to talk about this but once upon a time I was a huge Dragon Ball Z fan right and I remember watching these cartoons and I realized that every time Goku got stronger, that was the main character. Every time he got stronger, he actually got bigger, like huge. But then there came a portion in time, and I've stopped watching the show, so I don't know if this is still true. But I remember they start talking about God form, right? So bear with me. I know it sounds crazy, and you're probably like, why is he talking about cartoons in the middle of a show? But that's because this cartoon serves a purpose, right? So... In this show, like I said, originally, every time he got stronger, he got bigger. I mean, usually when we think about strength, we think about added size, right? But then there became a part in time where they were started talking about God mode. And what I noticed is they didn't get bigger anymore. They actually got smaller. They got more condensed. Um, If I was thinking about a real life representation of that, not saying that this person was on God mode, but I just want to acknowledge how great they were at what it is they brought attention to, especially here in America, uh, you can't have this conversation without talking about Bruce Lee. I mean, he was not a very huge man, but you could just look and tell that everything about him was on purpose. Like every fiber of his being was in tune with whatever it was he was looking to do. And that man was still committed to the idea of constant improvement. He was never satisfied with whatever product he had. He was always looking for ways to make it better, right? 
Um, and so obviously I'm nowhere near that guy. But again, just paying attention to how when things tend to get better over time, we tend to make them smaller. I mean, if you look at the advancement in technology originally, when we were making it better, everything was huge. Now we're finding ways to make it smaller and yet still more powerful. Um, so what can be improved? That's always what it comes down to. Asking myself, what can be better? And I feel like you can't have this conversation without talking about the way that we typically learn or what we usually associate learning with. And I know some people aren't going to like this and that's OK. But I just want to say that not everything that can be learned can be learned in the classroom. I want to say most things that are useful in the real world can only be found and proved in the real world. Um, so, again, take that and do what you want with it. But I can only, again, speak from personal experiences that. Once I've learned something in the classroom, I have to go out and test it in the real world. Because sometimes what you've learned in the classroom doesn't necessarily fit. Sometimes it's not always applicable. Sometimes it's old before you even get done learning it. And so just being aware of the idea that in order to improve, you may have to take some untraditional routes to get there. I think that's transformative. So again, always asking myself, what can I do to get better? And the second thing I always have to consider is that the answer may not be in the classroom. All right. And then tying in with all of that trial by fire over safety and theory. That's the thing I wrote down. And it pretty much ties in with the thing I just said. But a good, you know, example of this, <clears throat> if I'm going to be completely honest, <laughs> is when the first time I ran a class with kids and parents. So the first program I ever ran that was built like that, it was called Get Fit with a Twist. Um it really was a success. And I'll explain why I think that. Now, if you look for it now, it doesn't exist, which gives the idea that it was a failure, but it wasn't. So the things that made it successful, right? Um, it was something that was completely new for me. And as I mentioned earlier, my friend convinced me that working with kids would be a good move. And so my idea was to take the idea of working with kids and working with parents and combine them. Now, the reason I wanted to do it this way is because I was thinking, well, what if the kids get out of hand? I don't want to sit here and be yelling at. So, again, I'm still out of the Marine Corps. Um, I don't want to sit here and be yelling at these kids in a way that's inappropriate. So I'd much rather have their parents there. For one, hopefully they'd be better mediators. And two, hopefully the kids are more inclined to listen knowing their parents are here. Right. So that was my overall thought with that. Um, it was rough. Like the first class was ugly. It was good enough. It was good enough because people continued to come back, but it was ugly, you know, and in my mind, I remember at the end of each class, I had to make mental notes about things I liked and didn't like. Uh, oh, I like the way this was. I didn't like this so much. Um, and it was never a critique against the kids or the parents. I was always looking for what it is I could change to make things go smoother, not necessarily look prettier, but make things more efficient for the time that I was allowed to spend with these people. Right. And um, by the end of it, by the end of that whole thing, I walked away with a lot of lessons, which were monumental. Um, I was blessed to be able to work with a range of kids while I was doing that. And so when later opportunities came, I was more equipped. I went and got some more knowledge, so I had to go learn more. I had to go become more aware of what it was that... Um, was actually needed to be successful there. And so I did have to step back into somewhat of a classroom setting when you talk about certifications and stuff like that. But again, 
I wouldn't have known any of that had I did it backwards, had I went to learn the material first and then came into the classroom. I needed to actually see what was there. I need to actually see what it was like. I need to actually see what gaps there were in terms of what I knew versus what I could do. And that can only have been accomplished, you know, had I already worked through the idea that improvement, no matter the outcome, is what I'm looking for. Never perfection, right? And that's all I want to say on that one. Again, (laughs) the three things that I talked about today was always asking what can be better. The second one, the classroom extends far beyond the institutional walls. I didn't say it that way, but that's what I wrote down. And that third thing being trial by fire over safety in theory. So I hope, you know, through all of the talking I just did, the message wasn't lost. I hope that was something that you can actually take with you and put in your back pocket when we're talking about, um, you know, things that can help us be more successful. And there are a thousand tools out there and a thousand different ways of thinking that can help you get where you want to go. I am just sharing the things that have been most useful to me. All right. So this is only the second part of the series. The first one was on good relationships. This one is on constant improvement. Uh, If you're hearing this, hey, thanks for making it this far. And if you get the opportunity, please leave me a comment on any of the platforms that Three Pillars is associated with, whether that's Facebook at Three Pillars Fitness LLC, or just going to the website at Three Pillars Fit LLC.com, or following me on Facebook. All right, Facebook is just my name, John Waters. There are two pages out there, um, both of them are good to go. One of them will have the tagline of Unlock Your Greatness, and the other one is just my fitness page. All right, so again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and as always, keep pushing because your greatness awaits. Mm-hmm.